Hello and welcome to another episode of Fekava Vet Chat. Um, you might have followed the recent veterinary news in the veterinary press on the banning of English Bulldogs and Cavalier King Charles Spaniels in Norway. And this landmark ruling was pushed for by the Norwegian Society for the Protection of Animals. And I'm very happy to welcome to this episode of Fikava Vetchet the CEO of Dure Beschütze, this welfare organization, Oshild Roaset. Hello and good evening to Fikava Vetchet, Oshild. Hello and thank you very much. Good evening. <laughs> what 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 a an amazing Norwegian name, Oshild Roaset. I, yeah, I, I, you know. And I, I didn't I didn't possibly even pronounce it properly, but that was perfect. My my parents never planned for me to go abroad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the the A with the the A with the with a little sort of uh, uh, halo. Uh, that's difficult to understand for people who are not from Norway or from the Nordic countries. Hmm? Yeah. Yes, it is. But you pronounce it very well. You know, you, you know the language. I should have thing. said a little bit more. So you are not only the CEO of Dürerbeschütze. Um, I so you are also the former clinical director of the clinic for small animals and for equine medicine at the Norwegian Veterinary School. Yeah. Um, yes. Obviously, veterinary surgeon, a, a colleague of ours. I also saw that uh, you're employed by the Arctic University of Norway. Um, yeah, I got uh, a, I got a, um, a master in public health from the Arctic yeah. University. Yeah, and I got some economy and leadership as well. And yeah, I'm a Bristol veterinary graduate. So I graduated from England. Mm. All right. All right. So, it's been all over the place <laughs> yes yeah 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 well mm. I, I would be i would be the last person to to to, to mm. criticize it i think it is so helpful to have a look what is happening in other countries mm. yeah so and i mean i'm i'm enjoying that at the moment sort of graduated in germany worked most of my life in the uk but at the moment i'm in sweden so making yeah. the most of that what Europe can offer us and I have to say Europe including the UK so but but that's a different issue we don't want to talk about that today <laughs> so also what no sorry also what what have you done yeah what have we done <laughs> yes well yeah. basically I, I mean the, yeah. the English the English bulldog is something obviously that um uh, uh, one of the brachiocephalic breeds that was sort of in the focus of the debate but then the the humble cavalier king Charles Spaniel why yes. did you take these two breeds? And yes. tell us a little bit more about the background of this whole court. Yeah, and it's, it, it is a very long background, but I'm not going to tell you too much about the background because it started already more than 20 years ago. So for more than 20 years ago, the, uh, the Norwegian Council for Animal Ethics, which is a governmental uh, body, said that, if, uh, that certain breeds should be banned if their health didn't improve. So that's part of the background. And then we have had a, uh, an update on the Animal Welfare uh, Act that came in 2010, uh, which also had a very strict breeding um, uh, paragraph. So that is very, very, very important background. 
And in addition to that, we've had the, the Vest Association in Norway had a, um, a um, like a campaign, a signature, um, uh, God, what is it called? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, campaign in 2017, if I remember right. Uh, so there's been a, in a it's been a build-up. So we had the we have we've had the legislation in place for many years. We've had governmental bodies uh, criticizing the breeding for many years. And then um, when I got employed where I work now in 2018, the board has already decided that we're going to have a campaign against unethical breeding of dogs. And it, we were going to spend one million Norwegian krona. And I said, uh, if we're going to spend that much money, it has to have an impact on the animals. So we're not going to have an, I just refused to have an information campaign, which didn't make real changes for the dogs, because there'd been so much work done previous to, to 2018. So uh, that's where we started. I was really adamant that we can't spend money if it doesn't help the animals. And so we just sort of started this, uh, this process of, uh, of, uh, of um, pushing the government, the, the um, regulatory body, so Matilsina in Norway, the regulatory body, we started saying to them, you need to take these animals out of breeding because they can't breathe. We, 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 we uh, went to um, dog shows and found dogs with, we thought were graded boas grade uh, two or worse. So we said, these dogs, uh, can't be bred from because that would be breach of the uh, welfare act and we didn't find the regulatory body did too much about this so they went and saw the dogs and they wrote reports and they said there's nothing more to do so uh, then we realized that okay we disagree on how this law should be interpreted uh, and we, we sort of said that's quite serious because we think the animal welfare act should be interpreted um uh, uh, and in a way that it protected the dogs. The, the Animal Welfare Act should not protect breeders. Uh, and that, that was where when the ball started rolling towards taking this case to court. So it, it's taken all the, all the time since 2018 when we started to work on this until now when we now have a, um, a verdict from the court. And it's basically, it's not... You know, it's a ban on breeding these two breeds, but it's not really a breed ban because the, it says that if um, if they crossbreed to improve the health of the breed, then that will be an option. But to continue as they do now is not an option. Um, and it's not based on the fact that, you know, it's not a new legislation. So we don't have a, now a legislation saying you can't breed Bulldogs and Cavaliers. We have a, we have an interpretation of current legislation so this might be a bit of sort of legal intricacy but we the point is we don't want to ban breeds we want the kennel clubs to breed healthy dogs so we because people say who's the next breed and yeah, yeah yeah and we just we're just thinking there is no next breed get your act together use today science, use today technologies, and breed healthy dogs. I mean, this, this debate is, is very similar to that that, uh, that is going around for quite a while about Dalmatian and uh, urate. You really, uh, you really see this. So if you just sort of uh, 
Breed in um, uh, just a little bit of a pointer, so then you, you get rid of this whole problem. And actually, the, the 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 physical appearance of the dog doesn't change very much. So so exactly. so being too orthodox about certain breeds, it's certainly not in uh, 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 it, it doesn't improve the animal welfare of this uh, of this particular breed. It's, no. it's just sort of. I don't know. I mean, I remember sort of that I had, I mean, I'm, I'm more humble first opinion practitioner. And I, I remember that I had one cat breeder that, that had a, a, was breeding ragdoll cats and none of her cats lived more than, than 10 years. Most of them had heart problems. And, mm-hmm. and when I said, well, I, I don't think you should really breed from these cats. Yeah, but it's such a precious line. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Precious line for what? Yeah. So if, if that mm. is the result. Yeah. So what made you what made you um, target then these two breeds? Because I mean, obviously you have to make a start somewhere. Yeah. Why the uh, English Bulldog? Why the Cavalier King Charles? Well, it's very it was very hard and long process to pick which breeds we chose, and it's it's uh, partly based on what. The, the discourse in this country has been with those two breeds. So in 2017, the Norwegian Kennel Club approached the FCI and the, the English Kennel Club, the Kennel Club, um, to ask whether they could start crossbreeding the, uh, the Cavalier because the Cavalier had so large disease burden. So the Norwegian Kennel Club had already done quite a substantial work when it comes to the Cavalier, which in a way made it an obvious because uh, they've already brought forward that this breed has major problems. So we had all the documents from the, the, the work that the Kennel Club has done. And, and um, the, the crossbreed project was, was accepted by the Kennel Club, but it was turned down by the Norwegian Breed Club. So um, they know the solution. They had accept, acceptance to perform a solution, you know, to perform a crossbreed, but they decided against it because they rather want... To do nothing or yeah do very little in Norway they they do do a heart scan and they do uh, they have started delaying um the age of which is breed the dogs but it's not sufficient so the health work the breed club is doing is not at all sufficient in comparison to the massive problems they have and the massive inbreeding and the, the cavalier is um is uh, when you do genetic studies it's uh, the the, um, the inbreed the inbreeding coefficient is 40%. Yeah. yeah. So when the kennel club said, oh no, you can only have an inbreeding coefficient of 6.25 and they have their sort of system of calculating this, then that has nothing to do with reality. And I think that's something that is important to know for vets, mm. that the genetic science behind the way we breed dogs, it's not sound science. And therefore we really need to uh, learn genetics or we need to say, if you're going to have a health program, we also need geneticists on the board. Otherwise, our health program is not going to be based on science. And if we as vets don't do science, then what are we doing? Folklore, veterinary folklore or veterinary tradition or veterinary, you know. So, you know, you need, you need to pick a subject. And I hope most vets will pick veterinary science above tradition, folklore or whatever. Culture, veterinary culture. Yeah. <laughs> And then so obviously that, we wanted a brachycephalic dog. So we wanted one non-brachycephalic dog and we wanted one brachycephalic dog. And it was a hard call. Yeah. 
we could have chosen differently, but we ended uh, up with these two bridges. I, yeah, but I, I, I think this is a very, very important point because with the brachiocephalic dogs, sort of there is the, the, the outer appearance of the dog makes it fairly clear what is wrong here. Whereas with the cavalier, the ugly side is actually inside. It's inside mm. the chest, and nobody mm. sees the heart of these dogs. The the sort of at the end of their lives, this completely exhausted organ, which is hardly able to push blood in in, in one direction. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's mm. that's I think a very very important point. Not just uh, uh, sort of focus on one feature, but going actually for two completely sort of unrelated uh yeah issues mm. and also that there's syringomyelia of the so that you know when you yeah. mm. when they're born mm. with uh, with syringomyelia and it's very hard for an owner to detect a headache <laughs> uh in a cavalier and i also think that um so the cavalier the argument for the cavalier is that they they long-lived and they are long-lived but it doesn't help being long-lived if you got headache most of the time and it doesn't help you know they the, the cavalier also, it has these diseases that, at least in Norway, you can't uh, pick them out on insurance fee because the insurance company only cover the, the heart condition for a year. So okay. it doesn't, it doesn't mm -hmm. increase the, the, the price of the insurance fee. And, then exclude it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they are put to sleep from, um, from syringomyelia. So put to sleep is not an expensive condition you know it's not expensive the, the, the condition the cavalier has doesn't show in in the um in the insurance numbers in the insurance claims and therefore it goes under the radar most places you can't pick it up so this ruling was uh, passed by an uh, a district court in oslo um uh, if we look at the legal side, sort of, um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you got quite a bit of pushback. And is there possibility, uh, uh, are there possibilities to appeal against this ruling? Absolutely, it's it's a possibility can be appealed, and it, the the date for a potential appeal is the is the end of February uh, this year. So um, I. I'm expecting an appeal, but I'll be very happy if there isn't an appeal. Well, it will be interesting who who, who brings the appeal. Okay, it's probably the 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 uh, breeders of these dog breeds, but mm. yes, I mean, if all of Europe, possibly also beyond Europe, is still following this because, admittedly, I mean, we as a veterinary profession, we we we, we are arguing uh, for uh, more responsible breeding for as you say for, for for decades and to be quite honest sort of it you you have one evidence-based study after another after another after another and yet yet you, you you get then one photo of a celebrity with one of these dogs and it ruins <laughs> it all so we we realize so sort if of you you can't somehow sort of target or address the potential purchasers of these breeds sort of by just scientific evidence. So the next thing was that we thought, okay, let's try some shock therapy. So that was when we came up with the, the breathing mask that we said, here, put this high altitude mask on. Sort of that, that gives you an idea how these dogs breed, but breathe, but 
but not just for five minutes or 10 minutes. It, it's lifelong. So or just put a couple of straws in your nose and then try to breathe through that. So, and that is how these dogs breathe. So that gives you a little bit of, uh, I don't know, television time or, or some, some internet uh, recognition. And yet again, it's, it's worth nothing. So the next and sense or well, logical step I think was, yes, that a case was brought on animal welfare legislation. And I have to say, I mean, we've, we're all sort of very interested to see sort of where the Norwegian example is sort of is taking us. So, mm. so that's, uh, well, uh, yeah. I, the, uh, um, I think the vets need to speak up a, a bit more. And mm. I don't think this is something it, you can't have this fight for better uh, dog welfare in the consulting room. It's the wrong, you know, when you have a, you have a client in a consulting room, you have a patient that needs help, you are going to help that patient and you're going to treat that client the best as you can and respect that client. So that's just, that's just the, the nature of being a vet and that has to continue. So you can't fight it uh, in the consulting room, but I think as, uh, as uh, you know, the, the organizations has to start fighting this. So the, the, the national veterinary organizations has to uh, start questioning the different breeding schemes, you know, because- Well, I think, I think it can, you, you, you can do possibly more in the consulting room because one thing that you can certainly do is if people come for advice to you sort of what breeds to get, then there are certain breeds not to get. Or if they lose a dog like this, might be a good idea to point out, maybe not at that moment, but if they then consider to say, well, you saw, especially with a Cavalier King Charles, sort of what has happened to maybe mm. it's not the right breed to, 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 to carry on with. I don't know. And then I think what is really important is if we look at reproduction. Mm. So Absolutely. I think if, 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 mm. if we are asked sort of to, uh, uh, before anything has happened, to help with the, uh, 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 the breeding of these dogs, so with the mating, for example, of these dogs, I think we as veterinary professionals can't really have a, 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 a good conscience mm. if we offer our professional advice uh, for the breeding of, of, uh, of these breeds we don't agree with. Okay, you might say, okay, fine, then, 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 <laughs> then you, you can continue through running your business if you are a reproduction specialist. So then yes, yeah, maybe you can't, maybe mm. you should go into a different area and maybe we should be very careful as veterinary professionals to give the advice. However, then the, the counter argument is often sort of, okay, if we don't do it, then lay people might do so, unscrupulous lay people. And I think that's probably also one of the arguments you might have faced is because, I mean, this will clearly affect now also sort of the, um, the, the, the production of these dog breeds in Norway, but it's, still wouldn't, um, wouldn't mean that people cannot import these dogs so that you might actually get dogs from a far worse breeding background from, from abroad into Norway. And you might actually then have caused more damage than, than, than good. How, how, how would you counter 
argue on that one? Well, I do think, I think most people want healthy dogs. And I think some people love their breed, but I, and they don't want to, they don't want to have any other breed, but I, at the same time, I think if they think, oh, this breed is actually so sick, you can't breed it in Norway. I think that would sink into most people. I think most people will go, oh, that's really bad. We need to do something. And I just really, this is, I don't think it would be a huge problem because it's not illegal to import the dog. So you can go and import a dog from a, a good you know, home uh, abroad, although it's not going to be bred uh, as a healthy dog because it's going to be the same genetics as we, as we have in Norway. So it's still going to be a dog with the same predisposition and the same likelihood to develop really, really serious disease. Uh, you can bring that to Norway and have that as a pet. You can't just breed from it. But then again, you can crossbreed it to start a crossbreeding program. And it's basically what we are hoping is to kickstart some good crossbreeding programs. But having said that, it's it's a real mi milestone what we have achieved. And it's very encouraging to read the verdict. It's a very it's a very well written document. It's uh, we've won on all aspects or the dogs have won on all aspects. Uh, so it's very clear in our favor favor. But it's still a very vulnerable victory in many ways. And it needs to be followed up by two things. And one is that we follow it up uh, towards uh, our politicians and create a system for better, better regulating uh, dog breeding. And what we are saying to uh, our politicians and to the vet association and in all areas we can, is that we need to um, start leaning on the EU guidelines for dog breeding, which, says we're going to have use uh, est estimated breeding values when we select breeding animals. We need estimated breeding values when we, uh, as, as information to a puppy buyer. And uh, insemination should not happen unless it's, uh, you know, not to overcome lack of libido or lack of ability. It need, if you're going to do it, it's going to have very good reasons for doing uh, an artificial insemination. Uh, every bitch uh, should be examined by a vet for the whole health of the bitch before you start breeding. So I think as vets, we need to we need to pull this document out of our sleeve and say, listen, this is how we as a vet profession interpret animal welfare. So we are not going to yield on these things. This is our stance. But if vets all over the Europe doesn't do this, our victory is very, very fragile. And I think every vet association, every because I, I don't think you can do the, I agree on you, you can do some in the consulting room, but mostly this victory has no effect unless the veterinary community actually take a look, you know, take a look at this from above and say, listen, is what we're doing right? Are we are we really being the, the dog's advocate here or are we just being the kennel club technician? We go and do this, that and this test. But when we looked at the test, the pre-mating test that the kennel club demand in Norway, some of the tests are illegal, like the BOAS, uh, breeding scheme where the, the Norwegian, the, the Oslo district court now has said basically you shouldn't breed from dogs with boas grade more than zero. You can only breed from dogs grade zero, which means that you don't have enough dogs to breed from. So that's immediately just like right, you 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 have to crossbreed. Uh, 
So can we as vets really start this, this um, be a part of a breeding scheme that allows uh, uh, breeders to breed from really unhealthy dogs? Or should we say, right, if you breed for anything but grade zero, I will report you to the regulatory body because that's what my professional body advised me to do. So I think we need to, we need to have the, our professional bodies um, uh, to support us to make these changes. So it's a discussion every vet association, I think, has to do. Um, and, and we found that too, some is illegal, some doesn't hit the, the main target, you know. So in the, to breed a bulldog in Norway, they need to have a patella, a patella um, uh, document. So it's not a problem for the breed with you know it that that's maybe number whatever number 25 of all the diseases they suffer from so what about so if you pick out number 25 of all the diseases they suffer from it's likely that the the 24 diseases that come before that they will increase in frequency so i think the vets are as long as vet allows screening programs without scientific background vets are a part of the problem so we must not accept that. We must say to the kennel clubs, listen, we can screen dogs, we can help you get healthy dogs, but it has to be a sound scientific background. And the sound scientific background has to, you need to know the frequency of disease, different diseases. And you need also genomic studies to see how inbred each breed is. And if vets just said that tomorrow, this will be solved. Yeah, well, I mean, it is, it is, it is so that that uh, I think the approach needs to come from different directions, and uh, the most important thing is that it arrives in the heads of people. I mean, you, you can tell the difference. Uh, uh, also, I, I, I mean, I personally sort of can see the difference having worked in the UK and working at the moment in the middle of Sweden. I mean, I've hardly seen a French bulldog. Yeah, it's very rarely, whereas in the UK, uh, it's at the most, most common sort of or the most frequently newly registered breed. It has overtaken the Labrador. Mm. So the French bulldog would have thought that. Yes. Yeah. And, and you, you can imagine sort of what uh, 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 what health issues we are faced with and also the, 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 the way practice has changed. However, if you are um uh, outspokenly against certain breeds um uh, it's a commercial it, it has a commercial impact on your uh, your veterinary practice and i mean that mm. is something we should we shouldn't forget at the end of the day most of our colleagues are uh, employed uh, or paid for by the general public but then yeah how do we want to to to, to earn our our money with 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 dogs where we know in advance that they are ill and that they will suffer their whole life probably not mm. Mm. yeah well mm. i think i don't this is you know we've, we've taken two breeds to court mm. but, we, but we're really hoping for changes for all breeds yeah. Yeah. because we're really hoping to push for that estimated breeding values should be used and we're also hoping that estimated breeding values should be based on all diagnosis from all dogs and a physical test and a mental test. Mm. And considering uh, animal uh, 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 dog behavior uh, problem being the most 
important reason why young dogs are put to sleep. You know, it's the biggest killer for young dogs. Shouldn't we as vets try and eliminate uh, the biggest killer for young dogs? You know, so shouldn't we try and say, uh, actually, if you're going to breed, you need to have this in place. So I think, and it, so it's not a, because um, we get a lot of sort of argument that we are against dogs. We're not against dogs at all. We're not against any breeds. We want the Cavalier to survive, but we want the Cavalier to survive as a healthy dog, which means you need to bring in some fresh blood. And that's the truth for every breed, you know, the way we breed dog today is not sustainable. At some points for every breed, you have to cross in healthy blood from another breed. And that's I mean, what we've got to talk about and we've got to admit and we've got to got the kennel club and the breeders to accept that what we're doing is not sustainable. Interestingly, sort of when, when, when leading up to this interview, I, I just checked sort of on the registration figures of English Bulldogs in the UK and Cavalier King Charles. And... Uh, I thought, yeah, Cavalier King Charles are just so many, and uh, English, English Bulldogs sort of some. I was completely wrong. So there, there at the last sort of count, I think there was three times as many English Bulldogs in Cavalier King Charles. The Cavalier King Charles is as a as a um, uh, 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 as a as a as a breed itself sort of in decline in the UK, but what we see very often are crossbreeds that are super popular. And that's very often to the benefit of the dog, sort of the, the, the Cavapoo, for example. Uh, a lot of the sort of clients come to the practice with, with these dogs, and it's always a delight listening to the chest of these dogs, because <laughs> the poodle sort of definitely sort of uh, uh, brings in the necessary genetic sort of advantage of, of a, healthy heart, a healthy heart. And uh, if you then have also the personality of the Cavalier, the, you, you get the best of both worlds. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we sort of need a dog like the Cavalier because the Cavalier is a really good pet. It's a very good family dog. And, um, you know, I'd love to have a Cavalier. <laughs> I think they're brilliant mm. dogs. Yeah. Uh, but you can't just get it because of the disease burden. So, yeah, how, we need to crossbreed them, basically. How, how does it work now at dog shows? Uh, can you get a, so, so, so can you still sort of show purebred English Bulldogs in Norway, purebred uh, Cavaliers? I mean, eventually, sort of these breeds will, as they are, as a purebred dog, they will die out now in Norway. So the, 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 the yeah, pool will get they, smaller and smaller. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, the, um, uh, the, the, how it's gonna, it's a regulatory body that has to, to find out how they're gonna deal with this verdict. Uh, but it's no, it's no ban on showing them. But, but perhaps, and I've, there will be a ban on registering new Cavaliers in the Kennel Club. And there will be a ban on, on uh, breeding from them. So you can't breed and, break and register a new one. But I, I really, really, really hope that we're not going to see the end of the Bulldog and the, and the Cavalier. I really, really hope the dog community is taking this serious and going, oh my God, we need to bring in some fresh blood if we're going to have a dog called Bulldog and a dog called Cavalier. Because I think both of the breeds are very, very 
um, uh, good companions. They're brilliant dogs. It's just, just that we need to give them better health. And, and the bulldog needs the longer snout. There is no two ways about it. And it needs better hips and better skin and better tail. And so there's so many things uh, these dogs need. And the, and, the, and the cavalier needs a brain to fit, it needs a skull to fit its brain. It can't have a, you know, it's just, and I, don't, I can't think of any person that would go, oh my God, I saw this cavalier and his head was too big. You know, it's, it's not even an aesthetic problem for the cavalier to get better health. And no one will say, look at that ugly heart on this cavalier. You don't even see it. So it's, it's very hard to understand that a, a crossbreeding project can't be accepted for the cavalier, for, for, for either of these dogs, really. Wow, it's a long way. It's a long way. I mean, this is definitely a landmark ruling, as we have seen. Um, uh, we are following with bated breath sort of what is what is the next sort of uh, development in this story. And obviously, sort of, I, I think that other uh, professional bodies will take uh, uh, take your example to heart also in other countries. And then and, and we've, uh, yeah, if necessary, sort of we will address these issues in court. But so interesting. And yeah, once again, it's the Nordic country that has, has uh, taken the lead in this one. There are, I mean, a lot of developments where uh, admittedly sort of uh, countries further down in Europe uh, or, 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 or larger countries might be more afraid. They sometimes need the encouragement of smaller nations that are sort of brave enough to say, yeah, okay, come on, we do it. Mm. Mm. So, and so that's such an interesting development. And I, yeah, I have to say congratulations again to this, to this ruling. And well, much. fingers crossed, <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, I mean, admittedly, mm. sort of, I don't know. I mean, it, it must have, there must be so much personal sacrifice also with this because I mean there, there, there will be enough especially if you talk about dogs dog breeds and there's a lot of emotion that gets into it and and the the, the debates can at times be very very heated and uh, there are also some very unreasonable people sort of out there and so I have to say I've I I'm impressed by by your courage, and I I hope that you and your organization will have so uh, best of luck also for 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 the future. Mm, well, so. thank you very much, and you are absolutely right. There's a lot of lot of um, uh, heated discussions, and but I just there's basically only been. We're, tiny organization we're seven all together and we rescue we have a lot of volunteers but we rescue last year we rescued about seven thousand animals so the practical animal welfare work so the rest of us work on that and so it's only been two of us that's worked on this project well so, but it just shows you know, it's there is you know if we can do it everyone can do it <laughs> just got to start oh. working yeah <laughs> also thank you so much for this uh Pekaba vet chat um thank if anyone would like to comment on this episode or any other episodes of Pekaba vet chat or you have ideas for new uh Pekaba vet chats then please email us on 
vetchat at fikava.org or contact us through our social media sites. Thank you very much and see you soon again for another episode of Fikava Vet Chat. Thank you.